Welcome everyone to the Entertainment Fade Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Prosek, and we have a very special guest today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Maddie. Maddie, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we dive in, because um, we're going to talk all about Maddie's comedy journey, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and maybe talk about what you're working on now? Yeah, I, uh, I'm a comic and I started in North Carolina and then I was in Chicago for a few years, which is where we met. And I just recently moved to New York. Um, and now I'm working on uh, like trying to write a pilot to hopefully shop around um, and just like doing stand up in the city and trying to go on the road and stuff. Yeah, awesome. Um, so one thing, you know, I'll just have to say uh, uh, when when I first saw you in the comedy scene is, you know, it's like, I feel like a lot of comics have like, not, not some have jealousy, but it's just like me, it was more so like, damn, she gets it, you know? <laughs> um, <Thank> you. <laughs> well, like, I think just some comics, you know, it's, it's at age 18. Some people it's at like 45, where I feel like they find their voice as they always say in comedy. Um, and so that's one thing that was always uh, crazy to see about you and, you know, a lot of Chicago comics is like, wow, okay, they, they got it all figured out, you know? <laughs> that's um, weird because I don't feel like it's a finalized working thing at all, but thank you. <laughs> it's good to know it's coming across that way. Well, good. I mean, uh, that means you're humble about it. You're not an egomaniac <laughs> like some people, but uh, I know that uh, you, you're pretty young when you started stand-up. Uh, do you want to kind of talk about when you got started and what that was like? Yeah, I started when I was like 16 in my sophomore year of high school and it was in North Carolina and the scene down there is so good that you could like get up every night of the week and stuff. It was just a lot of driving, like an hour, two hours for an open mic kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to like, I'm, I mean, I'm glad I started in high school. I feel like it gave me like, I don't know, you get like a few years to like fuck around. And now that I'm out of college, I'm like, oh, there's actually pressure on like, I need to make money and like tangible <laughs> things need to happen. Where like the whole time I've been doing comedy, I've kind of just been like, this is fun. Like, let's see what happens. And so I'm glad I got that little like, you know, insulated bubble to do it with. Yeah. Do it in. Yeah. So how long were you, uh, w when was it, was it college uh, around 18 when you moved from North Carolina to Chicago? Yeah. Right after high school, I was like, <laughs> I had this like grand vision in my head that I was going to like, like immediately after high school, move to New York and just like do comedy and get a job. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so glad I didn't do that. I took off like a semester after high school and worked in a restaurant and immediately was like, oh, this, I'm crazy, this sucks. I should put this off like as long as possible. <laughs> and so I went to college in Chicago and <laughs> very glad I did that. I think I would have been really miserable if I had just like tried to dive headfirst into it. But yeah, For I sure. came to Chicago because I was like in college. Yeah, and you went to Columbia, right? Mm -hmm. So what did you technically study there? Was it comedy? No, I did not do the comedy major. Um, <laughs> that is all I will say about that. Uh, <laughs> no comment. Um, I did like a, they have like a self-designed major thing you can do, which is awesome because you can just like take any classes that interest you and kind of like bundle it together in a major. And then if they approve it, you get like your own like self-made thing. I was really stupid about it though, because like the way I did it is I like just kept taking classes I wanted to take that interested me, even if they were like, like I took a woodworking class and like a film photography class. And like most of the stuff I took was like TV writing and like acting and that kind of thing. But I was just like, I wasn't following like any kind of like graduation plan. And then like 
a couple months before graduation senior year, I was like, hey, this is like, I like presented it to them as like, can this be a major? Can I graduate? And luckily they were like, yeah. But if they had been like, no, this is just not, doesn't meet the requirements or like, we just don't want to approve it. I would have been like completely fucked. Can we curse on this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, I would have been completely fucked. I would have been like, so yeah, I just got really lucky. But um, but yeah, so I did like a, it was like TV writing slash acting, but it was like, just kind of like, I chose all the classes, which was cool. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I asked about the comedy major because, so I, I went to Columbia for film uh and it was oh, like yeah a, i forgot that yeah so it was like in the middle so i i was there 2010 to 2014 and it was like right in the middle towards the end when like they created the whole comedy major thing um, oh i didn't know it was that new yeah and so like i thought you know i was like oh man wish i could have done that because like i didn't want to switch majors and like i would have had to probably stay another year um but i've heard when you oh sorry no i was just gonna say i've heard mixed reviews of that whole you know kind of process and you know Columbia's kind of been having some ups and downs over the years I wasn't sure how it was while you were there I do think Columbia is like a great school like I'm glad I went there but um yeah the comedy program I don't really know much about it but like I also kind of felt like I, I was already doing stand-up outside of school and I was like if I also do comedy centered stuff like seven hours a day like what am I going to talk about you know what I mean like exactly especially if I, yeah did you, when you started as a film major, did you already know that you wanted to do stand-up? Um, I, no, I, it was like kind of like early or mid-college. I, uh, you know, I grew up loving Seinfeld and, you know, various comedians. And I, I always had a writing background and I was very nervous about performance. And so mm. like, that was an aspect I was just like, oh, maybe I'll just like write stuff and then let people who like being in front of people or stage or camera like handle it um and then I finally just decided to try an open mic at Columbia and then I was like oh okay I this oh the uh, first one was at Columbia yeah like when you get oh, that's so cool when you get that first laugh it's because like I, I was very lucky that my first set was not a bomb my first set like I had some pretty good laughs and I was like okay I can see why some people say this is a drug <laughs> yeah same I literally feel like like because the, the first one well and then the next like five I did were like horrible but I also had that thing where I was like for whatever reason I just got like kind of lucky on the first one even though I was like didn't know what I was doing and I really don't think that I'm like a strong enough person to have like <laughs> persevered past it like I think if it had sucked the first time I just would have been like yeah I can't yeah <laughs> well and I guess that's what so you, you obviously started it sooner um uh when you were like 16, 18, you know, figuring out when you're going to college, was it always like stand-up specific or you just knew you wanted to like act or write? You just knew something in entertainment? I like, when I started in high school, I didn't know that, like, I wasn't like, oh, I've always wanted to do stand-up. I just kind of like didn't open mic after school and was like, oh, this is, I was just like, this is like a fun thing to kill time. And then after like a few months doing it, I was like, oh, this is like the only thing now. But in college, I was kind of, I was just like very like focused on stand-up. Like stand-up was the only thing I wanted to do. And I like knew that I wanted to come to Chicago, get better there, and then like go to New York. So yeah, you know, which so far yeah. we're on track. <laughs> which makes me curious. Uh, I always ask because, uh, so I'm from only an hour away from Chicago. So I've only ever been in Illinois. So had you in North Carolina kind of heard that like, oh, Chicago's a good scene to kind of get some training in, if you will? 
Yeah, I feel like it was like, I heard people say that same thing about like Chicago, Atlanta, and Denver as okay. kind of like mid-size, like maybe like before you move to New York or LA type of thing. Like, I mean, because in North Carolina, everyone was like, there was a group of us that all kind of moved from North Carolina up to Chicago together. And it was like, like my best friends from North Carolina all kind of like mass migrated, which was a nice cushy <laughs> little thing. But there were so many other comics around me moving to Chicago that I was like, okay, if I move up there, it'll be all the people I came up with. And they seemed to like, so I kind of just followed along with like that group. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, so so somewhere in college where you were taking like just various classes and then, you know, after doing it a little more, you, you kind of decided, was there like a, whether it was like a certain set or like a certain moment that like maybe happened that you're like, okay, I think I want to like really put some focus on this. Like, I think that, you know, no matter what happens with college that I think this is like the path I want to go on. It was like, I feel so cheesy that I'm actually like, yeah, there was a moment, um, but <laughs> kind of, yeah. Cause my, uh, a friend of mine is a comic. We were like driving in the car together and he was like, this is probably when I was still like 17 and just kind of casually, he was like, what? So this is like, do you like actually want to do this? And I was like, it, I don't know. It kind of hit me where I was like, oh, am I just like fucking around or is it actually something I want to like keep doing? Um, and then I was kind of like, like, I think it was one of those things where like you say yes. And then that sort of, once you say it out loud, you're like, okay, yeah, this is actually like, but by the time I was like done with high school, I was like, this is the only thing I ever wanted to do. Yeah. It's also like weird when you're like, okay, I started at 16. So I've kind of cut myself off at the knees in terms of like developing other skills. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if I were yeah. going to try something else, I'd be like starting back from like 16. Like I was pretty like obsessively focused on this Yeah. that I like, yeah. <laughs> Which, you, you know, I, I think it's one thing that uh, in this kind of realm of entertainment stuff, I uh, I know from experience, both myself, but also like various like colleagues slash friends that um, sometimes it is kind of hard to pick a lane because I feel like, you know, you could love like a lot of aspects, whether that's like sketch comedy or improv or uh, online based stuff, a podcast, you know, whatever it is. And some people say like, oh, if you're juggling too much, you, you know, you're half-assing a bunch. And then some people kind of just focus on the one thing and crushing at the one thing. Uh, do you feel like you kind of went in that side of things? Like, all right, I'm going to just stand up to the one and I'm going to focus on that. Yeah, maybe now I'm like a little more trying to like learn how to like, you know, how to do screenwriting or like, how, like I'm, I'm like, oh, there is value in not being like <laughs> just this like insane person. Um, but like a, for the first five, six years, for sure, I was like just kind of obsessively focused on stand up. But I think that, I don't know, I think that's definitely one way to like approach it. I also think like depending on how your brain works too, like sometimes, sometimes like doing other things will trigger like connections that make the other art form make sense and like I don't know during COVID I was like I feel like everyone started like pursuing other hobbies because you were forced to and then sure. doing that I was I mean I'm sure everyone realizes but you're like oh this kind of like lights up other parts of your brain that like maybe obsessively focusing on this thing like the work ethic of that is cool but maybe it's narrowing you know the connections I'm making or the observations I'm making because I'm so focused on this thing yeah like, well, I don't know maybe you no that makes no, sense sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it makes complete sense because what you kind of said earlier is like if you if you're 
just doing stand-up, whether that be like open mic shows, writing, so forth. And like, if you're not dabbling in at least some other things or at least living life, like you said, what are you going to talk about? It's like, then you're just grasping at straws. I, I, I think by, you know, even if it's something that's just kind of a hobby on the side, I, I think it could be very helpful to kind of, you know, remove yourself from it and then be able to work on it. Because I, I, I think you've probably seen in various, you know, comedy scenes that I think some people can be very, you know, like, oh, the grind. And, you know, like, we need to be obsessive yeah. about this. Like, and they've been nothing doing it for else 10 years that every. But yeah, but then every bit starts with like, I was at this show the other night and I was like, nobody <laughs> like talk about something in the world. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or they'll use like comedian lingo or jargon that mainly comedians or comedian insider <laughs> fans use. And yeah. I'm like, they don't know what that is. Or like you, yeah, or, or they'll, they'll <laughs> like, and I, it sounds like I'm just roasting other comedians, but it's like, I don't know. They'll be like very self-deprecating and they'll like say like, oh, well, the setup and the this and the that. And I'm like, who are you talking to? Like, are you just talking to the comedians just, in the room? Yeah, it becomes like <laughs> mentally incestuous where you're like, oh, this is like an inbred, like you need some other sort of genetic material in this to make it, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, totally. So. And, and it's okay if you don't remember, but one thing I always love asking comedians is, do you happen to remember, even if it wasn't your first first, like some of your first like bits where you're like, whether they were bad or you're like, you know what? I think I'm onto something with this one. And like, maybe you used it for quite a while. I know like one of the first jokes I ever did was like about it. it awful did it maybe two times and like i mean would never do it again uh it was like about how like kids like in high school on adderall sound like quentin tarantino like it was like really like not like that's where we were starting from uh it was you should nothing. revisit this <laughs> maybe, yeah. it'd be weird now if i was like talking about high schoolers uh but ones that i have kept for like i don't know maybe longer than i should have but that i liked like I remember like I went through a breakup when I was like 18 and that was the first time I was like oh I wrote like five minutes in like an hour and that stayed pretty solid like so I don't know that was one where I was kind of like maybe something clicked a little bit and I was like oh this is how you get a chunk of something and not just like a bunch of little jokes strung together like yeah yeah I mean looking back I'd probably still be like it's not great but <laughs> at the time it felt like a that's like a bit I can remember that I was like, oh, this is maybe uh, different than what I've been doing. Yeah. Well, I feel like we all have kind of like phases of our material, you, you, you know, like sometimes like, like you may have that idea from, you know, when you were 18 and you kind of like moved away from it, but like maybe there's something else will happen now that you're older and then you'll be able to kind of bring it back, but like say it in like a new, uh, a new spin on it, like a new point of view. Uh, or just like a new phrasing. Sometimes like if you bring back an old bit and then you just like figure out a new phrasing, it's like, oh, this feels like a whole, like a new bit. Totally. I feel like too, if you revisit a bit like six months or a year or two years later, especially if it's just like, you know, not looking at the whole thing written out, but just the abbreviation of it, like in a set list. And then you try to do it again. It's like by virtue of only remembering the really important or punchy parts, like I feel like doing it on stage from memory can sort of cut the fat because you just naturally forget all the parts that were unnecessary. Like sometimes I've like tried to do a joke from like a year ago from memory and I'm like, oh, this is actually a way tighter, more interesting version of it. 
Okay. Now going along with your, your process there, uh, Cause like every comedian has, you know, whether it's people, you know, uh, our, our age or like older comedians looking back at like the earlier days, do you have like a process as far as like, were you hitting up mics a lot and just like workshopping stuff? Or do you do a lot of like writing and just like practicing it on your own or like maybe just in front of friends before you even bring it to an open mic? Uh, I was trying to do, especially like when I started, I was doing both like for sure, like writing a bunch and then doing open mics, like. I was very much like, you have to do an open mic every single night or it's never going to uh. work. And now I'm like, for better or worse, I've maybe backed off of that a little bit. I think also COVID too. I'm like, oh, going back to that like like pace of things. I'm trying to get there, but it feels exhausting now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess a little bit of both, ideally. What if, I mean, what about you? Do you have like a, a preferred... Well, I, I think you brought up a good point, you know, because obviously we're recording this beginning of 2022. COVID's been around for a bit. Uh, I took a solid, like, it was like 17, 18 months away from stand-up because the way I looked at it was stand-up doesn't have an off-season, you know? And it's like, when are we going to have, like, yeah. an excuse to take a break? Because, like, we always, like you said, have that pressure. You either got to go out all night or you got to go network, like, whatever it may be. And with you know things being closed for a bit and so forth I was like you know what I'm going to step back and like work on some other writing and then hopefully when I come back I can just like feel refreshed because like I definitely I don't know if you experienced this I was definitely starting to feel burnout towards uh right before COVID because I had just started getting I had three shows going uh, that I was producing I was getting the most stage time that I had gotten uh at the time and so it was just like yeah, I'm not taking care of myself. <laughs> How can you when we're at bars all night, you know, all the time? Totally. Uh, yeah, I also felt that too, where you like, I mean, because I, I never took more than like a couple days off for like years and not to be like, that's unique for me, but I think everyone was kind of doing that. With what you were saying where I was like, oh, this taking a break that I don't think I ever would have taken without that. I mean, not to be COVID was horrible. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like one of those people who's like the pandemic was so good for me, but <laughs> like it was horrific. It was horrible. But, um, yeah, but, but taking a break from it, you're like, oh, I've been like, I don't know. I feel like it kind of forces you to like look inward. I mean, I mean, I'm probably not breaking any new ground here, but like, I don't know, like develop yourself in a person as a person in a way that you can't, when you're constantly getting feedback from other people, like it really forces you to have a sort of internal metric for who you are outside of that that yeah. makes sense I no I, I it does and, and and that's why honestly like when I was slowly coming back like this this summer uh it was something that I used to do and then I took a big break from because I was you know like you said trying to go out every night um now that I was being more selective on going out in general I found myself actually saying my bits out loud to no one and then maybe just my partner or maybe just a friend and like an audio message uh, on the phone. And because it's crazy how just saying it out loud to yourself, you'll realize, oh, wait, that doesn't work, you know? And and I think so often, because you hear on comedy interviews where like comedians like oh I do the writing on stage you know like I I just go up there and I talk about a subject and I'm like but that doesn't work for everyone you know and I think everyone tries to embrace that like well if I go every night and I just practice like it'll eventually happen it's like yeah but if you don't know 
what you're practicing. <laughs> and I think I that's what it was. I was like, I'm not good at improv. So like, why am I just trying to say stuff when like, that's not my strength, you know? <laughs> I also feel like, I mean, there's like, like you said, like just depending on style, like comics who do that and comics who don't, but like, I also think there's a thing of like, you know, they say about like learning a language where, you know, there's a thing where at first you're, let's say like you're learning French, you hear the French and then you have to actively translate it in your head and, or like you think, sorry, I said that wrong. You think something in English, you have to actively translate it in your head and then say it. But then when you really become fluent, like the thoughts are already in that language. It's like totally seamless. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you watch comics who do it for like 20 years, when they really like live and breathe it, it's like, it's that fluid, like they just think in it. So it's immediately there. But like, I don't know, at least for me, I feel like, I'm like, I have to like sit down and actively translate it because the thought I have of like, oh, there's something funny in that. And it actually being funny is like a clunky, very conscious like <laughs> process where I feel like you watch people who are like so experienced and they just like, I mean, that sounds cheesy, but like speak in comedy, you know, like yeah. everything that comes out of their mouth is like in, is like already in a joke. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think uh, it's, it's just something that COVID forcing us to be home, it just, uh, at least for me trying to be, you know, socially distant as I can, it was like, all right, I'm going to be more strategic when I go out and like prepare more so that, cause if I just go out and just wing it, then I'll probably like get home and be like, well, was that worth the risk of getting COVID? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like now, now it's like, okay, I want to like, hopefully leave wherever I am and go like, okay, not that it was necessarily worth the risk, but like, I'm happy I went out. <laughs> That's uh, so interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so as far as, um, you know, we were talking a little bit about uh, your writing. So are you actually writing like word for word and then you're going to try to like recite that on stage or do you just write bullet points? I like maybe like when I'm thinking of it, like freehand write it all out word for word, but usually I just have like bullet points because like, I, I also like going off the bullet points and I don't know maybe like trying different phrasing of the same like idea on stage like yeah I'm definitely more like a, a bullet points person I think yeah but when I'm first writing I write almost like a diary entry just like in full sentences and then go back and pick out the parts that are interesting and then like actually try to add to those and when then, I do write I mean I should I wish <laughs> I did that every single day I'm like well once a month when I write um it's usually <laughs> yeah so would you say like once you kind of feel because I mean honestly I think it feels like bits are never actually done you know they say that about writing like it's never actually done it's just the best you can make it um so once you feel like you have it at a spot is it feel like you say it the exact same way every time like almost like it is like you're reciting lines or or, or is it there's still minor changes and minor tweaks depending actually that's like really interesting with what we were talking about of like not returning to that like every single day pace is I notice like if I have more time in between sets like if I take a day or two off when I do the same bit I'm not as like rigid and word for word in it I like will try it a slightly different way in, in like a good way mm -hmm. like I like that so um I don't know I'm trying to get better about like like changing it more in the moment in a way that feels natural instead of like rigidly sticking to something even if it's bombing and being like, but this is how it was written. It's like, that does, why, why, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I'm like, hopefully getting better at that. 
but that's scary too because I'm like I don't know what if I <laughs> what if I totally just throw it off like I don't know yeah I mean I, I personally I feel like once I get a bit like with the wording that I like like I have to say it that way because I'm so bad at speaking kind of off the cuff uh on stage that I start saying uh or um like a lot more because I'm like thinking oh my in my head about what I'm saying and I'll never forget it was one of my more recent shows that I, I was like man I think I did pretty well and uh my partner who she's great about constructive criticism uh it may sound like criticism to some but I'm like no it's better than people just saying like yeah it was good it's like I'm not gonna learn then uh she's like you said uh a lot and I like watched it back I was like oh my god I did I didn't realize I was doing that but it's because I was trying something I hadn't really said before and so I guess that's just me I'm like I need to know the wording and pretty strictly stick to it because like I'm not as uh, clear a talker I think as some comedians are who are like more natural performers I only put my hands over my face because I do the exact same thing and when I've like gone back and listened to sets one that I do all the time is I go I don't know uh and like this like growly like uh and I'm like what are you doing it's it like drives me crazy that I do that and I, I don't even I think it's like a the gears are turning let me fill the yeah. space thing but it's like oh I would love to just have the confidence to like sit in silence on stage for a right. second and not be like feverishly tap dancing and like don't leave it's like you can calm down <laughs> they're there they're at the show like, you know what I mean? it's like, right. like me saying like oh it's like don't go as yeah. long as I have more and it's like I don't know I feel like it's an anxiety thing a little bit for me of like Definitely. if there's a second of silence then like what well, would happen because a second of silence on stage could be a second but feels like 30 seconds you know it just feels like time is like slow but also fast at the same time it's very weird um so you were talking about like that noise it made me remind me of a tick I have are there any other like ticks or like things you notice you do on stage that whether it's like a physical thing or an, uh like something you do audibly when I get excited sometimes I like <laughs> not rock back and forth but like shift my weight in a weird way like I sometimes when I watch videos I'm like oh the way I stand on stage is like not how I would stand to talk to anybody <laughs> like I don't know but it like is comfortable so I just do it like I've kind of just leaned into like like I love wearing like huge baggy t-shirts on stage and for whatever reason it makes me like not think about like being overanalyzed by the audience. So I'm like, okay, fuck it, who cares? If that's amazing, comfortable, like I'll wear it. Cause I know I'll like perform better if I am like comfortable, even if I look like, I don't know, even if it looks weird. So like the standing weird, like, I don't know that I'm necessarily gonna change that, but I do notice it when I watch it where I'm like, I'm just kind of like shifting my weight in a weird way. That's like, <laughs> I think it's me being like energetic a little bit. It's like, but it's not, it looks very weird, I think. <laughs> but you know i don't know or, but also we're yeah, we're overanalyzing ourselves you know whereas yeah, I, like people are seeing us once and then you know they're not thinking about that <laughs> yeah no one's ever told me like you stand weird or like shift your weight weird on stage but it's like yeah that's like the only thing that with all the shifting of your weight maddie you know very funny set but I, that, that just threw me off you're shifting your weight a lot <laughs> yeah can you imagine if someone was like why was all your weight on your right leg like this show sucked ass <laughs> yeah i I noticed years ago and I'm trying to get out of the habit of it, but there's sometimes, like you said, that, that, that space in between bits where it's like, say I just did the like 
the punch of something and now I'm kind of transition into the next thing. I may just go, uh, so, you know, and, and I just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, there was one time where I think I had a 10 or 12 minute set and I like count, I was like, God damn, I did that how many times, you know? Uh, <laughs> but it's, I don't know, it's hard. Uh, I Have you noticed uh, as far as, cause I don't have as much experience when it comes to like crowd work or like things like that. How do you feel in those moments? Cause that's very much like almost improv based. Terrified and <laughs> inadequate. Um, I would love to get better. I'm like actively working on it, but like, yeah, for sure. That's like, that's very scary for me. <laughs> also because I think like, I don't know, maybe I have like, I don't know. I don't want to like be mean to people really, but that's funny, but I'm like, what if I like overdo it? What if I'm like way too mean to some, like, I don't know, crowd work just scares me because I'm like, yeah, I've seen people get really mad. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's not really the reason. The real reason is I just like am bored. I can't come up with anything funny, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It, I'm like so impressed by comics who do crowd work and I'm like trying to get better at it, but it's like, yeah, that's like a totally different beast, I think. I think you brought up a good point though. Like you don't want to be mean or if you are mean, you don't want to be too mean because I personally think that when a crowd member is either like heckling or like doing something to where like they're starting it, if you will, that's where you get a little bit more permission. But when there's some comedians who are just, they pick someone out and say, I don't know, I, I, I was on this one show and a guy was wearing sandals because it was summer, <laughs> you know, this paying customers wearing sandals and the co comedian just kept making fun of his sandals and his flip-flops and I could just tell in this particular instance that like this guy was not enjoying it. Like his girlfriend with him was laughing. <laughs> so funny. It's but, way too much. But I was just like, I was like, I can tell this guy is never coming back. You know what I mean? Oh, like he no. is, um, like he does not appreciate, like he came to sit in the dark and laugh. And like this comedian is just relentlessly doing callbacks. Um, I, and people I, know that it can happen too. Like you'll see people like not want to sit at the front row in comedy shows. Yeah. Like, oh, they, I don't want them to talk to us. It's like, and then some people like are like, yeah, roast me. Like they love it if you're like, just kind of like make fun of them. So like, yeah, I don't know. I would hate to like ruin somebody's night. <laughs> <laughs> like seeing people get like really upset or like, yeah, or like storm out and stuff. Like I don't know. But I mean, sometimes it's amazing though. <laughs> so. <laughs> No, it's sorry. It's, that was like such a nothing answer. I don't know. I would no, I no, 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 no. Work, but I literally like that is such a like uh, mystery to me. <laughs> no, I appreciate your honesty because uh, like we all have something we we hope we could be better at. So one thing that I, I don't know. Sometimes when I talk to other comedians about it, like they totally don't think about it this way. So I'm curious your thoughts because comedy is very much like time based. You know, like maybe with music, it's like, oh, you guys can go play three songs, you know, whatever that means. But like with comedy, it's like, all right, you have, say, 10 minutes, which mm. to me, even though like I hate math, the like analytical side of my head, I was like, all right, so I need to know how long all of my bits are so I know which ones to do um, because it's like, all right, well, I can't do you know, if I have five minutes, I can't do a three minute bit and another three minute bit. You know what I mean? So I guess. For your stuff, do you know the time or do you have like kind of like, oh, I know I want to put these ones next to each other or what do you think about that? That's so interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about that the way that you said it, but it, it really does. It gives you like a kind of like more like 
visceral like sense of time like you get to like really like know what 10 minutes feels like like I don't know I feel like if I not that I'm like that's some superpower like most people like are like yeah 10 minutes I get it but it's like I don't but you do get really used to like oh I know immediately like this is within 30 seconds or 10 minutes or whatever so I don't know I don't know like I, I like I couldn't write down like how much each bit like how much time each bit is. I don't know that I know that off the top of my head but I definitely know like what a five minute set looks like or what a 10 or 20 minutes that looks like like I think I just I don't know I think I just kind of wing it a little more <laughs> or like slightly overshoot it and I'm like okay or I'm like you know when here. you get the light that like all right I gotta like reel it in yeah or like I write if it's a 10 minute set I write out 12 minutes of bits and then when I get the light I just jump straight to the last one or whatever I try that is something I try to do I try to like write out a set list that's maybe slightly longer than the time so that in case I'm I don't know if I'm, I'm bombing or something or I have to abandon <laughs> something. I like know what to jump to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, cause that's the, the you know, it kind of comes back to what we were talking about before is like those silences and like thinking on your feet, whether you got to add stuff or you got to remove stuff. And that's why I think I, you know, I, and obviously there's always variables when it comes to like, if they laugh or they don't and you like skip stuff, but like, I at least know I'm like, all right, well that one I know is like, 30 seconds or that one is a couple minutes long. Uh, but it's, it's interesting where you can kind of just have more of a flow with it. Uh, but like, you know, like you said, like, all right, I'm doing this set list. This is 10. Mm. And I'm trying to like group stuff together more by like chunks. So I'm like, okay, this like, it, you know, I don't know, maybe know the exact time of all the jokes, but I know that when I do my like gender chunk of jokes in whatever order is like roughly five minutes or something like that like maybe in like chunks is an easier way for me to like think of it and then oh, i know that sure. even if i mix those around the total is gonna be yeah yeah so um one thing that i i, I love about you know your material is like sometimes you can go very dark with it um but i think that you the dark humor, I think there's a fine line where like some people just do dark almost for like shock value. You know, it's like they just want to, you know, catch the audience off guard and it's not so much like the thought behind the dark thought, you know. Um, but I think you kind of toe that line of like, it's dark, but you're not just saying things just to cause a reaction. So I guess. Thank you. Early... Yeah, I kind of hate that. Like, oh, no, I, I kind of hate that. Like, like when you can tell someone's like getting off on like yeah get upset it's like is that even <laughs> comedy like it's just right? kind of rude I don't know yeah <laughs> yeah so how uh <laughs> was it early on when you were doing dark stuff or did that kind of come later because I imagine especially being young uh it, it, like say I don't know there's people twice your age and you're up there like 18 and you're doing like I don't know an abortion joke or like whatever it is and then they're just like whoa you know like how was that uh navigating that yeah I was definitely doing I mean I was doing like abortion jokes when I was 16 there also probably was like <laughs> that was just an I example probably, but I love that that's <laughs> but it was a good example I also think I was probably getting away with like like huh, she shouldn't be saying that that's so silly like a lot of the jokes were probably like not that well written but it was like how funny that a young lady is saying that but I don't think that like I, I don't know. I, I don't like consciously try to do that. I think that's just where my head goes a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it comes from like, cause do you personally like maybe love dark humor? Like, is that something that like, maybe it's just that makes you laugh. So 
that translates to what you want to actually talk about. Yeah, definitely the comics that I like are probably do like darker stuff for sure. Yeah. But also, like you said, I really hate the like kind of like shocky, like, whoa, what are you triggered? I'm like, it's so lame. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. But but like good dark humor that's like, you know, cathartic in a good way. Like, yeah, for sure. Definitely. So um, do, do you mind if you say how old you are at the moment? Uh, I, I, we can yeah. cut this if you don't mind, if you don't want to say. I'm uh, 23. Okay. Time capsule. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're 23. And uh, I think I saw recently, were, were you doing like an hour on stage uh, or you're going to be? Yeah, I'm like trying to work out an hour right now on about like 45 minutes. So I'm like, like baby headliner uh, <laughs> or working on it. Like, um, but yeah, it was really fun. I got to do some shows in in North Carolina. Um, Melissa Hahn runs a great show in Asheville and then the Idiot Box Comedy Club in Greensboro, which thank you for letting me run an hour or try to approach an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing I guess I was curious about uh, because, you know, I'll just say it. I think that you are headliner status uh, just oh, because you. of like your you know, your like jokes per minute and like your, your confidence and uh, whether it's your <laughs> shifting of your weight or not, like it, it does, <laughs> it does read like, wow, she, it feels like she's just been doing this forever. So reaching that point, I think, you know, at a very early age, um, did you, I guess, ever experience in, in any of the scenes and, you know, you don't have to like name names or anything, but like, did you experience any just like jealousy from older comics? Like, thinking that like you didn't belong in the positions you were in or like anything like that, because I could totally see stuff like that happening. <laughs> this is going to sound so cheesy, but like truly like, no, like, especially like in North Carolina, like it was definitely like very male dominated. Like there were other female comics, there were other female comics and there were other young comics. But when I was starting, there were no other like young female comics, but really like all the older comics were like, no, it felt like I had like 20 big brothers. Like I got really, really lucky that like in every way, like people were like so cool and it was so supportive and like, and yeah, like it sounds very cheesy, but that like scene was really like a family. Cause you get to know everybody so intimately. Cause there's not like, a t I mean, compared to like Chicago or New York, there's not like a ton of people doing it. And so, um, no, it was like the most supportive I wish I had like a more interesting shit talking answer, but like no, and and I wasn't <laughs> really looking like... for shit talking. I just <laughs> I I could totally see because like I feel like that's like whether people are just jealous of like spots that other people are getting or you know other people's talent. Uh, I I just I, I was like, man, I I wonder if like she's had to deal with that because uh, like I said, I think there's just some people that like it feels like they find their voice and it's like all right, so clearly they they feel more confident and they know what they're doing and clearly it's working. Um, so I didn't know if that was like some sort of adversity you had to deal with as, or like maybe certain bookings that like, if they'd see how young you were, maybe they're like, what you're like 19 or you're, you know, you're 21. Like, I don't know about that. What did happen is there were a lot of places that I like got booked and then I got turned away at the venue because they like carded me. <laughs> and like, there were like a lot of shows that I could not do like for years. <laughs> that was a big, that was like, more of a it wasn't anyone's fault but uh <laughs> there were like a lot of shows that I was like when I turned 21 
I was so excited. I was so <laughs> excited because like truly there was like, I couldn't do Cole's open mic in Chicago. Like there were so many places that, just, I mean, which I understand why they wouldn't let you in. Like, it seems like it's funny too, because I was doing it in a much lamer way. Like, it seems like, oh, I'm going to say I'm doing comedy to get in here to drink. And I was like, no, I genuinely like, I don't want to drink. I just want to like get into this bar to do comedy. It's like yeah. the least cool, like, so were, so were some of them <laughs> were some of them shows you were actually booked on and they wouldn't let you in yeah I remember uh and I there was some show in like Boulder Colorado that like um my friend you know Carly Kane and I like went on this like whatever comedy road trip and we were out there and I was like yeah I can't do this one because the bar like wouldn't let them which again I totally understand but um but yeah it was pretty funny <laughs> where you can't be like uh actually I'm a comedian they're like yeah, we don't care we're not gonna lose our liquor license so you can like do a tight five like <laughs> not on the table yeah <laughs> do you know when it was kind of like in your journey that like you started feeling more comfortable with longer time whether it's like because like in Chicago I'll just say it feels like there's a lot of shows or showcases that you're kind of pigeonholed into like the five to 10 range. And then there's like this bubble before like you can start getting like 15 and like longer, you know? Yeah. Uh, I so like I guess oh, when, sorry, when did, oh, I was just gonna say, when did when did that happen? Like where you kind of like bridge that gap and like, what was that process like? I, I think that's like partially a function of it being a bigger city too, because like, I feel like that's one of the advantages of like starting in a smaller scene is like, I probably did my first 20 minute set like when I was still in high school, like wow. maybe like two years in, which I was like, definitely not ready for Like, it wasn't like a, <laughs> I have 20, but like, I think it was really good to like, have like a, you know, sort of low key space to like stretch out and know what that feels like. And you do it. It was cool to get to do it before I was ready. So that by the time it actually came, I was like, I at least know what 20 minutes feels like, like physically to do that. Like, um, I think that's helpful yeah yeah so I, I don't know but I, yeah I definitely got to try that before I was ready <laughs> <laughs> nice so you, you talked about uh you know you did like a road trip and you kind of you know probably performed sort of little all over um what was it like um whether in like smaller cities or states that don't have like a big you know, city, like, what was it like at kind of those shows? Uh, Cause I'm sure you got to do more time and I'm sure it's, they're not used to like, like in Chicago, you can go almost like any neighborhood probably has like three shows going, you know, like it's just everywhere. Whereas like some yeah. places it's like, we have one comedy club and that's the only place you can go see comedy. <laughs> I sort of think it's like better audiences too, because it's like, if you're the only show in town, it's not like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. I mean, not to like, paint everywhere that's not a city is like <laughs> yeah, they literally don't have any culture so like we're so great but it's like okay they're like there's like movie theaters and stuff like obviously there's like stuff going on sure but I do kind of think like you like I don't know like I've done like shows before where people were like oh thank you for coming here like we don't get a lot of comedy and it's like I don't know yeah you forget that like if nobody puts it on it just doesn't happen <laughs> so for sure like yeah Okay. I, that maybe was not the most eloquent way to say that but <laughs> but I, I also feel like th those are like sometimes more fun shows too because yeah like you do get to stretch your legs you're like one of the most fun shows we did on the whole thing was like at a a bar called panic bar in nebraska i think omaha nebraska okay and it was like 
a small room and it was like but it was really cool because it was like you know you kind of are the main event which is like a fun weird maybe responsibility is too heavy a word but it feels weird to be like oh people are really here for this I'm not kind of just like a invisible person in a string of like <laughs> for <laughs> you sure. know 15 people on the show like that's a weird feeling yeah I hope that doesn't sound like way too like <laughs> no, congratulatory no, no. or anything but no no but no yeah. so um uh was it it was just this last year that you moved to New York um I'm trying to remember because like this last yeah, two like, years it's like what is time <laughs> yeah it's very I I don't even know uh I graduated college in the spring and I've been in New York for like five months now I moved here in like August I think okay so um was it kind of like you felt like all right not that like you know not that like you did all you could do in Chicago but I guess what was the the thought that like this was kind of the time to go out there um opposed to like LA or you know staying in Chicago I was I knew I wanted to go to New York because I was like it just seems like you can get so much more stage time per night because it's just so dense um and I already was kind of like okay I've graduated college so I can sort of do this and I was I had gone out to New York on a couple of trips and um and I'd gotten some shows there and just felt like okay if I get here I have like a little bit of a foot in the door and it's not as scary as I thought and it was just like and my manager is out here I mean that was maybe the biggest part is my manager that I got in college is is based in New York um and it just kind of seemed like it it just it just kind of seemed like the time to go. Yeah. So um you said it was uh a few years ago that you got your manager? Yeah, it was sometime while I was still in college. I don't remember the year exactly. Okay. Like and did they see you at a did they see you at a show or what uh how did you get in touch with them? It was kind of like a right place, right time with an agent who then was friends with my manager who passed my name along and there was sort of a daisy chain of like, hey, I've heard your name. I'd love to meet you. Gotcha. Yeah. And then and then I think came to a show and I had some writing samples and stuff like that. And uh, she's awesome. She's, I mean, yeah, that's like truly a game changer. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So um, one thing uh, that I uh, definitely want to talk about, uh, very exciting uh, within the last year is you were in uh, Just for Laughs. Um, yeah, which for the, uh, any of the listeners who aren't, you know, comedy nerds or comedians themselves, uh, this is a festival, uh, in Montreal, uh, that is just the comedy Mecca, like a lot of people call it. And they have specifically like a new faces showcase where there's a lot of comedians that you probably know by name now who kind of got their breakout moments, in the new faces showcase uh and it's it's like something that it's what like about 20 of you selected is is that how many um that sounds like, right yeah yeah it's it's about 20 so people from around the country get selected and um most of the crowd it's like i think they say like half the crowd is like representation or industry and then the other half is like audience um so it's very much like a gigantic audition in front of like is it like 800, 1,000 people, something like that? Well, I had a weird experience with it because I did it, because of COVID, we weren't in Montreal, actually. Oh, it was okay. Like, so this year, New Faces was in um, LA. 
So oh, gotcha. Okay. We were in LA and it was at the Dynasty Typewriter, which I think compared to the typical New Faces Theater is like a much more intimate, like smaller venue, which was great though. I mean, it was cool. Um, but yeah, they, they did it like JFL this year or last year, I think was split up between like LA, New York, Montreal, and maybe one or two other places. And then you could like buy a pass online and like live stream it. But I think the really cool thing about that is that they filmed all of our new faces sets and it was on their YouTube. So like we walked away with like a clip of our new faces set, which I don't think people usually got before Mm. that. And it's like, that was like really cool to walk away with. So like, I don't know, I'm kind of like, I don't mind having gotten it on the COVID year. It's actually, it was pretty cool. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about what was the audition process like? Because I think they they did hold some auditions in Chicago, right? It blurs together a little bit because I had auditioned for a couple of years, but I think I auditioned at the Laugh Factory. Okay. Yeah, and it was, I don't know. I just tried to I tried to change up the set from the year before, but I no, it wasn't Laugh Factory, and it was like a five minute set, I think. Okay. And I think it was almost exactly the same set. I did it at the festival. Okay. Which and I don't know if that's how people did it. <laughs> Maybe that's really <laughs> uncreative of me, but no, I mean, uh, and and I commend you and uh, everyone uh, who I got to see their clips of because, like, I don't know, I get terrified by five minute sets because it's like I feel like, and I know it's something we're supposed to be like used to, but like I feel like you got to get right in, get some laughs, and then like it feels like before you know it, you should be wrapping up. <laughs> so I don't know did you feel that since it's kind of like a you know more of a big opportunity that like oh I really got to make these five minutes count on the audition uh well yeah audition and when you got to actually do uh your time at JFL the audition for sure and I feel like the audition or like any sort of like five minute audition thing you're like okay if the first joke works then we're good but I don't have a lot of time to like fumble in the beginning but I don't know I don't really remember it that clearly honestly but I guess it went okay because it worked but I uh yeah it was nerve-wracking for sure I think I was way more nervous the first year I auditioned though and then the second year I was kind of like well I already didn't get it once so let's just like have fun and then like ironically that's the thing that actually made it better is because I wasn't like freaked out of my mind and like my hands weren't shaking for sure um so uh so you were in LA uh does that mean so some of the people who were performing with you were there and then some were split across the country then uh other shows were split across the country but all the new faces were in LA okay I think we were over two nights yeah new faces like stand up was was two different shows and I think there's also like new faces characters and new faces something else digital creators maybe there's like other the new faces I know is more than just like the straight standups, but I forget what else it is. <laughs> <laughs> I I was a little bit uh, I was a little bit like nervous out of my mind, shitting my pants. So I didn't take a ton of <laughs> I didn't take a great inventory of everything else that was going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Understandable, um, yeah. But I mean, hey, you got there, and uh, I you know personally from seeing your clip, I think you did great. Um, now oh, that you. it's kind of <laughs> over and, and some time has passed and like, uh, you can kind of reflect on it. Um, is there different, um, do you, uh, I don't want to say, do you just wish you did things different, but like, what's it like now that it's like, it's over, you can kind of like, all right, I'm not nervous about it. Cause it's, it's done and it, it, it happened. 
Um, I'll milk the shit out of it to get on bar shows. Is what I've, <laughs> <laughs> that is the most retrospective action I've taken. Uh, but I, I, for someone who like overanalyzes and is incredibly anxious, I'm actually like very happy with it. It's like maybe one of the few things I've ever done in my life where I'm like, no, I'm actually like that. That that was pretty good. <laughs> it was it was just like fun and it was a cool experience and it was like something I thought about for a long time and like I don't know yeah actually like very rare for me to be like just chill about it but it was just really fun. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, so now you're like you said you're kind of working on your your forty five hour or so. Um, does that mean probably? we'll just say in the next year or two, you're kind of looking to either record an album or, or, or maybe film some, uh, some sort of special or what, uh, what's like the, do you have like a, like, Oh, that's like my dream, uh, next step soon. Mm. I don't know. I'm not really in any rush to where my head's at kind of right now is just like wanting to like go on the road and like run it as many times as I can. And I feel like right now it's like, okay, I can do 45, but I, it's not like a 45 that I would want to like immortalize yet. So I'm like, <laughs> I haven't even thought that far down the line. I'm like, I just want to like be able to like headline on the road and like do shows. And then, you know, hopefully I'll know when it's like done to like when I'm so sick of it that I like can't stand to do it anymore. It's probably when I'll be like, all right, let's put this in some sort of actual form and <laughs> let it go. But definitely not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess um, because, you know, to build up that much time, there's got to be stuff that you've been doing either like since college or or at least even if it's only a couple years old, it, like you've been doing it a lot. So like, what's that like, you know, because I even I, I mean, I've really only been focusing on stand up for a few years. And there were times where I'm like, I got to stop saying that bit. Like, <laughs> dude. And you know what's so weird too is there were bits that I had like thrown away because I was like, oh, I wrote that when I was younger and this like sucks. And then when I was like trying to fill 45, I was like, okay, let me like revisit some of them. And some of them I was actually like, oh, this is like, I like this. Like I'll fold this back in or like I have a new take on it now. So like, yeah, it was weird to like go back and see things that I wrote like as a way younger person. And the gap of like who you are between like 16 and 23 is like pretty... <laughs> radically different oh for so to sure. like go through a notebook I wrote when I was 16 is like mortifying but I guess like <laughs> sort of like morbidly interesting <laughs> for sure um yeah uh so being on the road and so forth um as far as like the headlining goes do you have other favorite shows uh that like come to mind that you're like oh wow like that experience um that was like I want to come back there at some point like because like that show or that venue whether it's a club or whatever was just like so uh so memorable in some way the idiot box in Greensboro is like <laughs> one of the coolest places in the world that comedy club is like is so cool um and there's like a really cool upstairs room at Goodnight's comedy club in Raleigh that's sort of like newer headliners um will will work at and I definitely would love to I've co-headlined that before I've never like properly like done a sh like a you know like a headlining set there um but yeah Chris Kettler is this guy I don't know if you know him. he's in Ohio he runs these like he, he ran these like great like independent rooms and now he just started his own comedy club um okay so I really I'm hoping to go there there's also like the um I don't know like I, I'm I know I'm not like at any point but like I mean, I just don't have the following to like put 
play clubs or anything like that but all these like little rooms around the country are like my like daydream is like getting a van and like converting it and then like going around the country to like a bunch of like b and c rooms and like figuring out an hour until i like really have it which that'll probably happen without the van maybe in like <laughs> a, you know <laughs> just like a normal car with an air mattress in the back yeah <laughs> what was like either your biggest bomb or just like craziest comedy like stage incident like whether it was like I don't know someone got thrown out or like do you have any stories that come to mind you're like that was why how did that happen (laughs) I I think I can like safely kind of talk shit about this because I don't think I'll ever go back again there's this comedy club in North Carolina that's like it's in a strip mall across from a cornfield it's like the maybe saddest place in america it's like <laughs> it's really like not a good vibe and uh i've only been there once maybe twice and there was like three people and it was a dad and his two daughters and they were like eating steak in the front row the room only sat like maybe 20 people it wasn't like a big task to fill it yeah but that I mean that was it was just like the posters were kind of like falling off the wall it was like sad that's like the one time where I was like oh this is not how was the <laughs> this crowd is just sad <laughs> they hated it they hated it so much and you couldn't do sex jokes because it was like a family like they were all just like I don't want to nobody wants to laugh at that in front of someone they're related to like it was just it was so weird that was maybe the worst show I've ever done <laughs> yeah that was probably up there <laughs> for sure um so i'm curious uh what is um because obviously you have friends in comedy but you know we all have as some of us say like normal friends uh, <laughs> <laughs> um what do your friends or family think of like your stand-up like uh are, are do they enjoy seeing it or do you not invite them as much because you're like yeah i don't want them to hear that <laughs> My parents are kind of like grossly supportive and like, in a like, I mean, it's like so sweet. You know what I mean? In a way where I'm like, (laughs) oh, I like cringe to even say, I'm like, no, they're actually like really sweet. My mom like drove me to open mics. Like there's no, like, there's no like cool story behind it. I'm like, they're like sad. They're sad. There's not some tragic (laughs) origin story that brought you to stand up. You're like, ah, yeah, they're, they're nice. I guess. (laughs) I feel like comics are like, oh, fuck you. You know, but I'm like, no, they've like legit, like, giving me tags on jokes before they like know my set like they're like so like it's so cute they're the coolest no they're like and they've like heard every like dirty joke they would like come to shows in high school like it was probably also easier for them to get on board because it started as a hobby I'm sure if you heard your kids say like I want to pursue comedy it would have been like a little scary but by the time I was like hey I'm really gonna try to do comedy I've been doing it for like a while already so not a while but a while by like 18 year old standards so I think they were kind of <laughs> like okay there's you're not just like pulling this totally out of thin air but For no sure. they're so cool and like um yeah they, they're like awesome and like friends are again I just I wish I had a more grueling cool answer but <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> it's I mean kind of really cool <laughs> I, I'm kind of in a similar boat that like my parents are supportive and and but they're also like they understand. I say like, I'm like, I'll invite you to shows that like, I really want you to come to, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't want you to just come to every show. Cause you're either hearing the same stuff over and over or like, you know, 
I may know that, you know what, this indie show doesn't have the best reputation for being good. So if this is a sucky <laughs> show, I don't want you to endure this also. Yeah, I'll definitely be really brutally honest with friends, like a high school friend who wants to come to a show. I'll be like, this isn't the one, come to this one. Like, um, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not gonna make you, like I'll make strangers do that. I'll be like, yeah, it's gonna be the best thing ever. But like, yeah, friends, I'll maybe be like, here's where you should, if you're gonna spend money. But um, the only time I've maybe ever been like, oh my, like, ask my parents not to come is like, like when I was doing like the 45, I was like, okay, I don't want to, I just don't want to, I, I know I'm gonna, like, I don't want to think about you seeing this because I'll be in my head. I want to just like not worry about it, but no, they've come to like, they've come to everything and they've seen me do cum jokes and they're great about it. They're just the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapping up here. Are there any other, you know, whether it's like experiences or, or stories you'd like to like to share um, that, you know, maybe you don't talk about on stage, but you just want to talk about experiences from maybe performances. Um, I kind of mentioned earlier, but that road trip that Carly Kane and I did um, was like, I, I don't know, like one of the coolest things I've ever like gotten to do in my life. And it was easy. We just kind of like, you know, reached out to people and built a bed in the back of this car that was like, like a platform and then we were like like sleeping in like national parks and stuff and like I would love to do another like comedy road trip because it's such a cool way to like see the country and see like cool weird hidden parts of stuff like dive bars and like it's like going around the country and then also meeting like the coolest people in any given city like or the, or the weirdest <laughs> or I don't know but like it's definitely like you're not just seeing like you know tourist sites like so I would love to do another like comedy road trip for sure yeah, yeah I, that was like it sounds highlight. like a blast so yeah this has been great uh thank you so much for doing this maddie uh would you like to go ahead and like plug social medias where people can find you yeah i'm a maddie t wiener on on all social media my website is maddiewiener.com um and i don't think i'm allowed to say like a specific date but sometime in the future check out uh i have a set coming out on comedy central oh awesome so, you know yeah <laughs> it'll be fun yeah please check out maddie wherever you can uh wherever you can you know follow on social media but uh thank you so much again for doing this but yeah thank you uh, so much